Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi guys! Hey guys! Welcome back to an episode of Black Scott Pod. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, with your host Susie and your other host Shirley. Yes, and today we've got some very, very special guests on. Not our first male guest to the podcast, but at the same time, we have got the first Scottish podcasting guests. Reasoning and seasoning. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Okay, guys, um, please introduce yourselves to the, the people. Uh, I go by the name of Ellington, also known as Tone. I go by the name of King Sims. And uh, we are your Reason of Seasoning tag team uh, duo, duet. But we don't sing, we don't rap anymore. <laughs> anymore? <laughs> Whenever someone says tag team, I think about wrestling. I need context on that anymore because someone slid an anymore in there. So can we... Who raps? Yeah, Sims, who you Yeah, rap? I used to rap. <laughs> A little bit. A I little bit. This memory. guy's downplaying it. This guy's fully oh. downplaying it. I used to rap, but oh, imagine God. a rapper with very bad memory, so he can't remember all his own lyrics. <laughs> uh, and that was pretty much the end of my rap career. You're just and making then, the uh, same rhyme over and over again. He's downplaying it. He was one of <laughs> Scotland's premier rappers okay. in the 2010 era. He like he yeah. He's fully downplaying it. Do you know what? We haven't even spoken about this on our pod yet. Okay. No way. Black Scout Pod exclusive. Go on. Yes. But he don't realize that I've got pretty much all of his songs. <laughs> Every single one of them. Way to put a guy on blast. Love it. <laughs> Way to yeah. put a guy on blast. <laughs> no, but yeah, you should like totally like release them one day, like what, again, without again, his permission. Yeah, his knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> without yeah. his knowledge, just just put it out there, leak them. I think in this day and age, this this whole thing of how people are having things leaked mm. and they've got PR companies mm-hmm. coordinating the leak mm-hmm. and it's just like why don't people just call it what it is I put that shit out exactly <laughs> be leak. proud of it um, let's just talk a little bit about you guys um, and you know sort of coming to Scotland and stuff as is Black Scott Pod um, love to have a wee chat about people's experiences and yeah just some stories of like growing up in Scotland yeah, Sims' story is a bit longer than mine because he's been here a lot longer than I have, so I'll let him go first. Okay. So um I'll take you on a on a brief <laughs> on a brief journey, if I may. Um I arrived in this wonderful country and landed in a in an amazing, almost parallel universe called Leaf. Okay. Now, yeah, now Leaf, Leaf, uh Leaf 22 years ago. Uh, was somewhat different to what it is today. Today, you might be accosted by a gentleman dressed like a cobbler with a twisty mustache and some ropes. <laughs> but at least back in the day, uh, when I first got there, um, 
you were not seeing, I mean, the, the most diversity, ethnic diversity was down to, uh, you know, thriving Asian community. But that was it. You hardly ever bumped into a black person. Um, and it was it was a ropey hood in terms of uh, just things you'd see on a day-to-day basis, you know. What age were you would, when you came? Uh, so I was 12. Um, and we're talking, you know, people who really seriously just got issues that need to be addressed and they need to go somewhere to seek help just roaming the streets, you know, drug users, that sort of thing. I remember one of my 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 most culture shock moments is I'm in I'm in Harare, Zimbabwe, um, and up until that point I wasn't exposed to much. Um, my schooling up up till that stage, private schooled in Harare, and then I land here, and then I had a junkie stop me in the street, and yep. he tried to sell me a curtain rail and a steak. <laughs> And the steak. And the steak. You know the steak that's got the security tag on it. Oh, wait, wait. The price good though. Young ribeye. And I was like, look, I'm a child. I'm not in the market. I'm not, in the market Sorry, I'm not sure what kind of income you think I have, but exactly. And even if I did have cash, I am not in the market for these two items. A lone steak. Oh, no, 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 that sounds very, it sounds like really sinister. I'm like, why did you just have a steak? I hope he had like a lot of steaks and then like he just ran out like because the demand was so high. I hope so because yeah, his his sales sales pitch was strong, you know, but the the fact that he, you know, he stopped me uh, just made me kind of realize that like, okay. End of the day, stock, um, all stock must go. Exactly. So at this point, he's like, now, now try tap into that, like you know, young child market of like you're w- roaming the streets, you're walking home, you might just might be a sale, regardless of age. That might be a sale. So oh my god! I saw that tactic and I was like, I've got to respect it. It is yeah. what it is. That sounds like a culture shock. Exactly. this is the crazy thing because shock. see the marketing campaign for the UK in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, we had this perception that everywhere was like 10 down, Downing Street, you know? And when we arrived here, clearly not, because the ends where we were staying, it was a bit stabby and a bit, mm, mm, do you know what I mean? So then that was a that was a real shock because I was just like, okay, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, progressing on, moving on a few years, you've seen the place change. Uh, you've seen mm. more black faces, more diversity in terms of... Uh, Lots of trams. Exactly. Uh, so, have you ever from... seen Leith without the the trams? Like, so you know what it looks like without congestion. Oh wait, hold on. The trams not there yet. The no. trams not there yet. So <laughs> I know. It's not, I, 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 I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> no, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, have you seen Leith without the construction? Oh right. Oh, like, yes. Do you know oh, without construction was lit. Like oh, that yeah. KFC was great, but yeah. anyway, apparently there was those one hundred. It was lit. <laughs> And this is, as the years have gone by, I think my uh, one, one thing that, that stands out in my mind is eventually I started seeing more, uh, more black people, you know, giving them that kind of little nod. But coincidentally, a lot of the people who are moving here were um, ex- like cousins, uh, family members, because they first, when they first came to, they either went to the States or they came to the UK. Mm-hmm. But then when they got settled down South, um, it was just a different atmosphere and they didn't really enjoy it. You know, that kind of uh, community aspect was great down there because you had more Zimbabwean people. 
Um, mm. But they wanted to be close, wanted to be closer to family, so they made a move up to Edinburgh, and it got to a point where, you know, every second black person that I did see on occasion when I did see them, they were actually a relative of mine. Oh. <laughs> you know, it got pretty crazy. It was like a mad influx. Uh, and then fast forward to today, uh, it's a totally different ball game. It's all coffee shops and and you know weird and wonderful things down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've the change that I've seen kind of in my lifetime when I left university. I went to university here in Edinburgh as well. Uh, I left Edinburgh, lived in Newcastle for a little while, uh, and then came back to Edinburgh. And now I'm I'm living in Edinburgh, um, operating in Edinburgh. I run a business in Edinburgh. Um, so. Yeah, shout it out. Mad shout, changes. Shout, shout your business Mad out. Changes. Shout your business uh, out. <laughs> so I have a property management and property investment business. Yeah. Um, it's called Quirky Property Management and Quirky Property Investments. So if mm. anybody wants to throw me 1.5 million pounds this wow. week. <laughs> that's what I'm for right now. Before close of business I need that exactly. money. <laughs> exactly. 1.5, you said. Yeah, 1.5, yeah. <laughs> It's a sweet little. Um, it's a it's a place we're trying to convert into. It used to be a Masonic lodge, and we are turning it into five flats. So oh, wow. yeah. I'm gonna put a pin in that one for a second. Um, I'll move on to yourself um, and tune. Let us know. Oh right, okay. So I am. Um, I came to Edinburgh for very different reasons than Sims. So I came up here because I got an offer to go to Harriet Watt University. So I was, I, uh, I actually came a year later. So I was 19, 20 when I, in my first year. Mm-hmm. And, um, where were you before? Uh, London. So I was born in London. As if I couldn't tell, you know, <laughs> grew up in London. <laughs> um, so it's, it's quite, it's quite funny when Sims obviously tells me stories about the culture shock. So I had somewhat of a, I was aware that it was going to be different. So Scotland was always somewhere that, you know, when you're from down south, you know what Scotland's about. Well, you understand, like, the the gist of it. You get that they use the same money, but it looks different. They speak the same language, but they sound different. You know, the air's different. Do you know what I mean? The water's different. Like, Much better. We still see it as... Huh? Susie said much better. The water is better. Let's be honest. I go to London and I come back and my skin is just dry. Yeah, it's rubbish. It doesn't hydrate you at all. Gone. um, So my first um, time arriving in Edinburgh was literally the day I moved into halls on campus. Mm -hmm. So I've literally arrived at Waverley train station, me and my mum, and we get the taxi straight to campus. So we basically drive right through Edinburgh, from the centre of Edinburgh, right out of the west, to um, Curry, basically that's the area that it's in, and um, yeah, I'm on. So I'm on campus, and the thing is, everybody when I told them I was coming to Edinburgh, or Scotland rather, the first thing they said was, "You're gonna hate the weather." <laughs> These are people that haven't even left London. I tell you, because so I'm like, how do you know? But anyway, so the stereotype is the weather in Scotland is terrible. To this day, I still get family when it's snowing down there, or when the rain's hitting hard, or whatever. Like the other day when the wind was blowing everyone, Zara purchases across the street. <laughs> how would you go? Getting, how would you have gone shopping on that day? Hey, listen, consumerism will have people move imagine. So it was that was it really that important? Could have just gone Amazon to deliver it or something. Nah, on. she needed her slacks that day, innit? Sure. She's well, she gone. <laughs> <laughs> they went out. But um, yeah, so um so yeah, like they the the, the idea is that up in Edinburgh or up in Scotland that the weather's terrible. 
I got here. I left London and it was pissing with rain. And I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be, you know, me and mum were on the train and we're like, oh, this is going to be torrential rain when we get to, to Edinburgh. You know, if it's like that in London, it's going to be terrible yeah. in Edinburgh. When we got to Edinburgh, it was like the summer. <laughs> it was late September. And I kid you not, it was like a summertime. I got here and I was like, whoa, this is beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I got to campus and immediately I'm seeing, obviously, like, just a sea of white people. Now, I grew up in North West <laughs> There's predominantly black people of Caribbean heritage, a few uh, Africans, uh, mostly Nigerian and Ghanaian, um, and also Asians. So Bangladesh, um, Pakistan, Indian, Sri Lankan. Um, and where I actually went to school was a lot of uh, Middle Easterns. I can count on one hand the amount of British children that were in my year. Wow. In like, school? That's so in my awesome. In my high school, I can count in on one UK. hand British that children amazing. that were in my school. Like, there was literally two girls in my class. Both of them were English. One girl says she was half Cypriot, but... Did you... <laughs> Just trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know the but, but, yeah, like, they were literally... They were, like, English. There was one but brother that was Welsh and another guy that was, like, Northern Irish. But, like, mm. literally everyone else, they were either Middle Eastern, um, Asian of some kind, or Caribbean or African. We had one Love guy it. from Peru. That's quite exotic. Like, that's exactly. Quite oh, so sorry, I said a word I actually hate. God. <laughs> that's quite exotic. <laughs> oh, the way I hate that. Do you know the amount that. of times I've been called an exotic lady at work? <laughs> I same belief that we've just been talking about. Are you not allowed to say black or something? Yeah, are they not allowed to say black? Not people are know. afraid to say black. I think they're honestly afraid to say black, and I, really I have, have been to be like, yeah, I, that. I honestly like sometimes I just have to be like, can you just call me black? Because you calling me foreign really doesn't sit well with me. I feel like saying it to a, a, a black woman, it sounds a lot worse than if you said it to like a man. I think I don't know why. In my head, I feel like if somebody called me an exotic man, it's almost. Like, <laughs> I was in the presence of somebody and they referred to a woman as exotic. I'd be like, bro, are you, are you okay in the head? Yeah, because it sure? has mad sexual connotations to it. I think yeah, that's yeah, what it, it is. Mm-hmm. I think it it's the sexual really connotation does. of it. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you both heard um, somebody describe you as exotic men, you wouldn't be like... <laughs> I'd be like, you could definitely be black, it's fine. <laughs> well, this is, and this is quite funny. So when, yeah. I got to, when I got to Edinburgh and I'm meeting people on campus and, that, and literally... We're talking like sixty percent Scottish people, mm-hmm. about thirty percent like Northern Irish. Like mm-hmm. every every Irish person I met on campus was from Belfast, and I'm like, the maths ain't math in here. But anyway, I don't so, think we like, ever had anybody like, oh, from Northern Ireland or even you know Ireland. They just I say never Belfast. Met anyone, no. I think they they're all from around Belfast. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I, I had a lot of people up. just yeah, I had a lot of people assume I was African. <laughs> Uh, they I mean, just assume off the bat that if you're black, that you must be African. Where I grew up, it was majority Caribbeans. So if you were black, nine times out of ten, you were from somewhere in the Caribbean. And that's in my area. So northwest London, even south London, it's only when you go to like east London. Listen, I'm talking back in the day. Obviously, it's probably different now. But when you went to east London or like north, it was like a lot of African communities, mm-hmm. like different African communities. But there were very, the, the Caribbean communities in those areas were very small. Uh, but it was the complete opposite when you went to south or west or northwest. So my experience 
of meeting black people is nine times out of ten they're from the Caribbean somewhere. But I don't know. I just because I was exposed to all of it, mm-hmm. I just ask if I'm interested enough and I think it's important or I think it's you know a piece of information that you might want to share. I'll just ask. Like yeah. when I first came on campus, um, funnily enough, so I was I was on the ground floor. I had a ground floor flat, and where my f- accommodation sat everybody that was coming from the main university building to go on to the to the accommodations part had to go past my window mm. oh literally uh-huh. go past my window. <laughs> okay. so i was you know i'm packing stuff in my room and i was playing but i was playing music now i'm playing r&b and hip-hop one person just knocks on my window <laughs> I'm like, immediately now i've got the curtains closed because obviously people just be looking yeah. in my house i'm yeah. black I have neck curtains. Yeah. I, oh. You know what I mean? You I'm not just not letting me and anybody look in my house, right? <laughs> so I've walked, they, they, I've t- they tapped the window and I've pulled back the curtains and it's this black brother there. And he's like, <laughs> yo, what's up, man? Like, I knew it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I heard somebody playing R&B and hip hop and said, that's a brother, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a brother. Off the fact that I was playing R&B and hip hop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And he's from um he's from um he was from South Africa. He just moved over here. Um well no, tell a lie, he had been in Manchester for a year and then he enrolled at Harriet Watt University. Mm-hmm. And um he was the first black person I met in Scotland. And he wasn't even from here. He was there for the same reason I was. Uni. His senses are strong, bro. <laughs> I saw this uh, trail of chicken bones and I just knew. I just knew. <laughs> Man followed the seeds right to your room. <laughs> but yeah, but he, but he, um, but he. So I made friends with him, like just, just straight away. But it was more because he, he introduced himself to me. Like, had that been anybody else, I'd have probably just, you know, um, you know, buddied up with them as well. But you know, the first time I'm moving to Scotland, I'm on my own. Um, someone extends and extends their uh, hand of friendship and I'm just like oh this place he's cool right yeah I don't know anyone so let's kick kick around with Freshers Week with him mm-hmm. I, I he introduced me to the guys that he ended up living with and like that group of guys are still my friends to this day um but it was it was just very it was just very um surreal for me coming to a place where I was like similar to Sims I grew up in a multi-ethnic community um, I come here and I'm literally the only one. Yeah. And to the point where it's so obvious by the, my music choice that I'm the only one. Like something so simple as what music this person is playing can ident- I can be identified by my, you know. And it was just, it was just, it was just very. I, I, I think I thought about that at the time. And I was like, wow, is it That's that obvious crazy. to spot us? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm trying to think? Is like, what were the Scottish people listening to music-wise? I think that wasn't time. that the time that what's that thing? I know the drug users. What's it called? That that instance music. Oh, that that film <gasps> that came out. Train spotting. All oh, right, yeah. Wasn't this like peak like that Ministry of <laughs> Ministry of Sound? But what, what year were you? Was this Ministry of Sound? Is it that? Sorry, oh. yeah, it sounds awful. I the rude sandstorm. Twenty nine and all that were like hot, and all those dance tracks were. They like never seen no drug users like that. I've never seen those, those types. Anymore. So when, never I, seen when I when I started uni, when I moved up here, 
the big um, sound that a lot of, at least the the student crowd were into, was mm-hmm. like indie music. Oh, like Oasis and, and like and dressing to like date that. Oh, How do you everyone, feel about indie music? Because it makes music. me want to scream. I quite like it. I'm actually not going to lie, only because I grew up on it. No. You never got into it? Nah. Like some classic, like... uh, Like the kooks and... (laughs) I don't know what, but it seems like, because obviously he was in Scotland when he was 12, but by the time I was 19, 20, I was deep into like hip-hop, R&B, like dancehall, even soca music for a while. Like things of black or music of black origin like mm-hmm. indie rock mm. even pop music to a certain extent like it never really appealed to me wow. oh interesting hmm. like, so I how could, did I, you I, find I, it like i, I messed with like the classics like a bon jovi or a take that but that's because they were being made when i was influential like when i was yeah. like, oh. but yeah. like i didn't grow up here listening to it when my musical taste was being formed i can appreciate it for what it is or rather what it was, but it's not something you'd find me listening to. Although saying that, the script, rude boy sound. <laughs> they are cold. The script that actually is so good, Hall but that's so funny. That album is dope. Apart from Hall I can't remember of Fame. what album it is. Actually, yeah, no, like, let, let, us, let us not talk about Hall of Fame, because that it's is... William slash Will I Am. You know, see the way my face is moving. That's the every time I hear "Will I Am" in any track, yeah. in any situation, I actually just want to switch Check off. There's a few people like that. I'm like that. Yeah. I want to switch off. Pitbull. You. Um, Pitbull. Mr. Worldwide. Oh, I know DJ you Khaled. want me. <laughs> Even DJ Khaled, I'm like, come on, man. Oh, DJ Khaled. I think there should be like a general list Another of like one. people that should be banned. <laughs> From Shut like doing the own ad libs on songs. Surely, I know that when Wild, was it Wild Thoughts comes on, you're like, doom, 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 another one. <laughs> and it's me saying another one, not DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah. Because I know why he does it, I'm like, all right, cool. Mm. But at the same time, why does he do it? Why does he do it? Do you have the insight on like why they do these little call-outs? It's actually two things. One is marketing. That's like a signature. He's done it Mm -hmm. ever since he was making um, when he was with um, Beat Novocaine, which was the first like kind of hip hop collective that he was part of. Mm. Um, He's always shouted out. That was his thing. Mm. Like he's always had ad libs on the record. Mm -hmm. But on a professional term. He gets performance rights. True. So he's just on the song doing small, small, but he's getting a percentage of the song. He's getting a percentage of the production. He's getting so he's getting percentage of literally every element of that song from a professional stance. I mean, it's true. You can't sing that song without starting it with another one. Oh, no, you, you <laughs> I don't know if you can you make can. it <laughs> before you even get into Rihanna's version. Well, the thing is, radio, so when they when they send those tunes out to radio, he will be on that. So now he's getting PRS from Radio Play. Whereas if he just put it together and he was the guy behind the scenes, he wouldn't be getting that royalty. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So no, I know why he's doing it. It's very so savvy, so I can respect it. Mm-hmm. When I have a people, they just hear a tune that's already popping and just <sighs> jump on it and do jump a mad thing. Oh, my God. That's Maybe not. But yeah, Will I and Pitbull are like demons for that. Like, even um, on the... Have you ever watched The Voice? 
Like, does no one get vexed at the way Will I Am acts on The Voice? Like, why are you standing on the chair? I've never. What is the reason of your feet being it's on the chair? Being a celebrity is being a spectacle. Like, that's your brand. Like, you gotta, of, gotta generate headlines. Like, that's the thing. It reminds like, me of that to. one kid in school that always used to get told not to do something, but for some reason, it's just not going. It's not going well, inside. Like this, miss. I <laughs> <laughs> watched The Voice on time, and my sister was like, yeah. He, he's dressed like a ghetto astronaut. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no. with me, because I was like, that's so true. So, ghetto so you guys, thinking does, of something. He does, he does like to be a bit alternative with his dressings. I have an interesting fact, and whenever I tell people this, they've got, like, thoughts. But um, in my country, Zambia, did you know this? One of the first nations... <clears throat> to develop its own astronaut project it was called afronauts okay <laughs> okay that I'm fact was really you. amazing that afronauts killed I'm me i'm gonna ask you this question right i need to tell the truth are you lying <laughs> project bt22115 yeah. No, like the astronaut program. So name? Zambia, <clears throat> so Zambia was competing at the same time as all the other world superpowers to be the first to. <laughs> they weren't serious. Afronauts <laughs> to be the first to get on the moon, and I'm not. Making fun, but I just think that's so nice, so cute, you know. I'm sorry, but that anyway, is cool. suffice to say, they never made it onto the moon, but <laughs> exercises. So, I'm not gonna but lie, they- right? <laughs> the fact that there was an African nation that felt that they were capable of putting people on, I get it, I respect it, I rate it, I do respect but, it. So, but at the same time, yeah. like, respect yourself because, <laughs> well, Afro the thing that killed me, yeah. There's actually a band called Afronauts. There I was is. thinking like, that. Like, literally, the thing that killed me was that um, with Afronauts, one of the exercises to get astronauts ready for, like, space was mm-hmm. to put them inside a tire, a big tire, you know. Uh-uh. Uh, Roll it no. down a hill. Nah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, um, no. No. Sorry, not for me. Not for That's me. why they call it Afronauts, because when you come out that fire, <laughs> you will have knots in your Afro. I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> <That is. laughs> hey. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? It was going so well. Like, it was going so well as, like, a thought project, as, like, a thing. Like, you're at USSR, freaking America, Britain, what, whoever is in the space race, like, we're going to try it as well. Until I read they put them in a tire to prepare them for zero G. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not I'm actually looking at the article in Time magazine. Yes. It's from 1964. There you and go. Everything that you have said is, in fact, correct. That, what? <laughs> you think I'm making it out? You know, there's, there's, there's also a film about this, a short or well, a drama. A short drama. <laughs> Bad. This would be like you. Cool Runnings, but instead of snow, it's space, and instead of Jamaicans, it's Africans. Copyright this episode, everyone that's on it. You can't make you, this film. <laughs> you know do you know what's funny, right? This it just sounds like how remember Eric the Eel? Oh, yeah. where, he, where he said, Do you know what? I can do swimming as well. Who's that? Oh, he didn't. 
Oh, Ooh, I think I've heard this name before. <laughs> and like Eric the Eel. Please, I beg. Please, Eric tell us. the Eel, right? Right. Let me just let me see if I can pull him up so I don't get this. While he's attempting to pull that up, mm-hmm. uh, Afronauts, yeah. You see what I mean? The, the images great. from. <laughs> if I can, if I can. Uh... Okay, I've got, I've got my, I've got my information right. Uh-huh. Okay. <gasps> so, Eric the Eel, right, mm-hmm. was an Equatorial Equat Equator Guinea God Guinea. I can't remember Equatorial Guinean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympic swimmer. Okay. But he was terrible. Was he really terrible how bad was he? In, was he like, I need to take a break? No, he was terrible as in like, <laughs> wait, the slowest time in Olympic history by far. I feel like this is what, okay, right. This is something that I feel really passionately about. I feel like we need to have like a, a, a regular person go into the Olympics and do the Olympic sports so that we can see what the difference is. Yeah. Eric Ill proved it because the only way that he was able to qualify was Mm -hmm. because the two people that he was competing against in the heats Mm -hmm. were disqualified. (laughs) Yeah. He got in there there by default. (laughs) Wow. And he he put his whole country on his back and fair play to them. They were rooting for my man. But yeah, <laughs> the slowest time in Olympic history. How slow is it? Can I beat it? No, That's no. my toxic, my toxic trait. I'm thinking, like, can I beat it? I can't. I don't even swim. I'm not even nah, swimming. Maybe Eric swim the Eel. Like... You probably beat Eric the Eel. You no, probably I'm not beat Eric the Eel. I don't know. Like I don't know. Let me try and see if I can get the times up. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do freestyle, right? Uh huh. Let me just see. That. Like, do you know what? I'm gonna just for comparison. I'm gonna Google the average. Olympic time average. Isn't it Michael Phelps or something like that? That American dude, the, the really tall and muscular one. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, one he's, but he's like, like he's ridiculous. Like a fish or something. You see the size of his feet. Yeah, what, he's got big feet. Flippers, flippers like flippers. Properly. No, if you look at him, he's built for that sport, or maybe yeah. like his body has been shaped by the water. Like he's yeah, he's been streamlined. He's an amphibian. Is what I would say, definitely. But anyway, um, while um Ellington is looking for the facts and all that stuff, um, I want to ask you, Sims, mm-hmm. like, what was your music taste and stuff growing up amongst the white people? Um, because <laughs> no, no, I say this because you, you and I surely like had our music taste like extremely molded by you know, oh, yeah. the environment that we were in. Hell yeah, which was like you know we were like emos, um, we were also maybe just light goth, light goth. Um, Very light. Of us didn't Emphasis have parents on that, that were lenient like that, you know. <laughs> uh, so, how did you find it? What was your music taste? What was you know you growing up um, in that environment? Um, so it's it's interesting because I think my kind of um, the type of music that I fell in love with when I was still in Zimbabwe, uh, primary school. Um, Zimbabwe is a really big reggae and hip hop. What about rumba? Uh, Roomba, that's like my parents and grandparents. Every family gathering is, you know, the kind of Roomba vampire weekend type. It's the knee action for me. That's that. But then for my generation, it was very much, we had our own um, R&B and hip hop called Urban Grooves. 
It's a oh. genre called urban blues. Uh, and it's just like basically an African, I'll take an example of an R&B group, like 112 and all those kind of groups. But they obviously, um, the it isn't just all in English. It's in Shona in English. So, um, But my taste, it's interesting because when I came here, my sister was into like stereophonics big time. And I tried to get into that groove, but it just didn't connect with me. Why? And then a lot of friends were curious about hip-hop music. And I was almost like their kind of way into listening to rap music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting because I, I never was on like a indie indie rock wave or whatever. There's certain songs that I was really messing with, but I was mm-hmm. never like, you know what? My whole playlist right now is just indie music. It was always kind of hip-hop and rap. Uh, and then even more, when I got to like uh, uni age, then I was, I was uni deep, here? just, or I was gone. You... If it's not reggae music or rap, that's it. You know? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Even now, I'm, I'm still a big reggae fan. Like, that's what I listen to around the house. I hardly listen to rap. I listen to rap in the car, but around the house, I always just play reggae music. Oh, I like that. I've literally yeah. never heard a reggae song in my life. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> nah, sorry. No, I have, yeah. I have, I have, I have. She has. I, I don't think I could really pick his, his voice out, if I'm quite honest. Like, if you what, play sorry, his selection, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Ah. I really couldn't. No, but no, this is what I'm saying, though, is because, like, my experience of meeting other Black people is, like, meeting Black people from Africa, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the times, the default is gospel. So. Okay. I mean, the default was gospel until, like, P-Square come, like, started coming in and doing this oh, thing, and that was nice. Yes. I think I was oh a tender God. age of like 14 or 15 and I first started You're listening You're the one who Afrobeat. introduced me to yeah. Afrobeats because Peace remember Korea. I was like resisting it for the longest time ever. You I want, I, the same way you're resisting I'm a Piano right now, I give you two years. That's all I'm, I'm doing. I'm sick of I'm a Piano. It's just the same song. It's she, just the same song over and over fight. again with the same neck fight. movements. I'm just saying, guys. She that just song said is neck movements, you know. She's so offensive. Neck movements. I get the... Obviously, your musical inferences from before, yeah. but have either of you ever delved into, like, say, drum and bass, or you I know, those dubstep or anything like yeah, that? Dubstep. As well? Yeah, dubstep. Yeah, oh, yeah. I never got to dubstep, R-R-P but R-R-P I kind of got into like Slipknot. I got for, like, to a very hot yeah, second. Screamo. It was Screamo. Screamo. Yeah, Screamo and yeah, got, got me. It had me in a tight fist hold like this for a long time. Yeah. Couldn't even do those noises because your parents would call the exorcist. Yo, the way my mom used to just stand at my bedroom door, being like, "Hey, hey, okay." See, my cousin was into Slipknot, right, and. The th- when he came to visit, I remember this because I was like, my experience, uh, I, I know very few black people that listen to rock music, period, let alone like you delve into the different genres and everything. Mm-hmm. So for a start, he was listening to Slipknot. Uh, and then he kind of gave me a gateway drug, which was Limp Biscuit. <laughs> now, Limp Biscuit had crossovers with the, with the hip hop world, you know? And then you got your like Blink One Eight Two, Papa Roach, all that. But then yeah. Slipknot was like extreme for me because I had to. I was just it like it was this the name for me. I didn't like Slipknot because of the name. Yeah, it's a whole kind of music. Like, what was that one? Oh, Bullet oh, for my Valentine. Oh, that Bullet stuff. for my Valentine. Bring me the horizon. Oh my! Escape God. the fate. Oh. You're just Lincoln bringing back Park. pieces and memories. No, I'm joking. Lincoln Park were cool. 
Do you know who took my life and still have my life to this day? And the day mm. they get back together, I swear to God, you won't want him for me for like two weeks. Who? My chemical romance. Uh, was, I think he's I a better TV writer. Really? Had a killjoy name and everything. Oh, Lord. I was one of those people. Like, I remember Lord. literally just being like, yeah, I would die for you. Gerard Way, Andrew <laughs> Brown, Mikey Way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Susie, you, you don't like a mappiano or anything. Do you, is it that you don't like a mappiano or you just don't want to jump on the trend? I don't like a mappiano because I feel like once I've heard the first song, I'm ready to move on. But then they just keep playing the same song over and over again. And I'm like, same song. Just but she keeps hearing the same the amapiano ness of amapiano and you just think it's amapiano. It's the same tempo. Oh, right. I, I just get bored. You, I kind of understand what you mean because when I first started listening to or when I first heard house music, I used to think this is all the same. Mm-hmm. Or like Deep House or Tech House and the rest of it. I was like, this is all the same. Mm-hmm. But then you start to identify the nuances in mm-hmm. each song. And I'll be really honest. I like love energetic songs. For me, it's about energy. And it's about, like, I love songs with, like, lyrics in them. Like, a, mm-hmm. do you know what? When we were at 4042, what was that song? I really don't like Kanye right now. But All of the Lights. You played All the Lights. And it yeah. was, like, a great time for me. Because I love, like, that. <laughs> no, actually, I had a great time. But, like, oh, yeah, songs that evoke, like, emotion from me because I can hear, like, words um, and all that. And I can sing along. So I like like those songs. So when I hear on piano, I'm like, man, this is the longest intro of my life. Dude, <laughs> I swear, nah, with every song, you have to skip at least a minute in. That's true. Because <laughs> as a DJ, right, when I'm playing those songs, uh-huh. like, the first two minutes you don't hear because they're just building. Like, it's just a mm-hmm. long intro, right? Mm-hmm. But again, because I understand, I had to learn this when I was listening to house music back in the day. Mm. Like, I understand what this is. I understand why it's the way it is. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if, a, if if especially when you're on a night out or whatever, realistically, unless you're going to a proper Amapiano night, nobody's trying to hear the whole song. I'm That's not. I'm true. really not. Like, it sounds like when people, like, do, like, I'm like, okay, I probably have, like, one, two Amma Piano songs in the max. And after that, I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> what am I actually doing? Like, what am I vibing with this? Because, like, I'm not interested anymore. And that's not to say that the genre isn't, like, great. And that's, for me, it just doesn't. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com hit me and like where it needs to like get me in my soul like, I don't know my fair. dad's soul no I do get it hit me a mappiano is that it was never designed to be like globally popular that's I feel I'm like it's like that. restaurant mm-hmm. restaurant show it's, music like I'll be honest it's, it's background it's, music for me so they really? call it overture so yeah, it's, it's, I would they never call it overture program. music like it's designed to be played in the background yeah it's just because of its culture and it's you know the, you know where it comes from and the people that are in that culture they enjoy it and they make it mm. a fight and mm-hmm. yes of course, you can take any song 
I, we can make anything a vibe, to be fair with you. But like, yeah. you see when you start playing it in the night, <laughs> there has to be certain <laughs> elements. Mm-hmm. Or, so there's two things. As a DJ, right, there's two reasons why I would play a certain song in a nightclub. One, mm-hmm. because it's designed for a nightclub. Uh-huh. So like Susie says, it's got like um, sing-along or it's got a very catchy hook mm-hmm. or it's got like a sound or an intro where there's a bit in it where it's just like everyone's attention is grabbed. Yes. And then it just does, yeah. the song does what it wants with the crowd. Or it's got some sort of like relationship to the crowd. So for instance, a, a perfect example of that would be when you hear a song being played that is popular on TikTok. It's not necessarily a good song, but because everyone knows it from TikTok and has a positive... Um, yeah. It's like cultural. It's like a, it's a part of a moment is. for them. Exactly. Course. So yeah. like um, To The Moon by Junior Choi. Yeah. That is not a club song, but people, so many people like it that they like hearing Do you know what song that I'm I'm slowly getting very tired of? And I was very, very excited at first because I was like, I love this song. And then now I hear it, I'm like, nah, I, I, okay, okay. That one, that that freaking, I'm going to mix these packs and bullshits. (laughs) looking like a 15 year old but now every time i hear it i honestly just want to stab myself in an eyeball like <laughs> it's real yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think you know what it is though still gets and it's quite funny sims might be able to like i understand where i'm coming from with this you mm-hmm. see when so when uk hip-hop first started the UK hip-hop um, artists, they sounded American or they wanted to sound American. What's then, her name? Then, Beverly. Huh? You be my American boy. Estelle. 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 Beverly. I mean, like... Beverly. Did you just call her Beverly? I thought it was Beverly Knight. Oh, no. Beverly Knight. No, no, Beverly Knight was our, uh, a, a singer, not rap. But a... Estelle rapped and sang. Mm. So. I mean, like, I feel like that for me as a cultural moment is when black women started being cool. Like I remember that song and Estelle Ooh. in her little boots. That's interesting, you know, because you didn't, cause you, now am I right in saying that you grew up in Scotland? Mm-hmm. For the most part. So, yeah. Because yeah. I grew up in a, what is largely, you know, a, a African and Caribbean culture um, uh, environment. That wasn't the first time I thought, Oh, Black women are on TV. I grew up to SWV that they were played. Right in mm-hmm. terms of uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like British women, mm-hmm. we had um, what's her name? Shola Amma. Who? Exactly. I'm saying, <laughs> Ju- we had June Sarkong. <laughs> Four. We had but Shola. Remember Amma. June? We had obviously and Beverly June. Knight. We had um, uh, that chick oh. from Liberty X. Come on, Liberty. No, 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 no. This is way off. What's her name? You mind me, somebody? No, that was no. that was Shalama. Was it Dreams Can Come True? Gabrielle. That's the one, Gabrielle. We had yeah. that. We had her. Um, who's the other one? For me, it was yeah, Alicia Dixon. Who's brother. who's the group? Right. Who's the girl group? Who's the girl group that dances so scandalous? Yeah. Uh, Jamila. Oh. Mystique. Oh, Jamelia. Yeah, she yeah. was number one. Mystique. Yeah, they were. Uh, I don't know if they were they all black. Yeah, they were. Yeah. The original yeah. cast of Sugar Babes, I think, had more black women in it. Yeah, and then yeah, well, kind what's of. The name mm, from all states? Certainly, had the one black one, Shazmi. Mm, mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and lest we forget, Melanie B. Yeah. 
Oh, oh we are so rude. We can't do that. See, this you have the privilege of being like a, a paying attention person in the early 2000s. I, I was like, you know, like when did I come here? 2003 and I was 10. Yeah. And, you know, I'm coming from gospel and Roomba. So I don't know what the hell's going on. Because, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what it would have been like in Scotland in the 90s, but. A lot of those artists I just mentioned were like big in the nineties. Yeah, mm. see, this is the thing though, because when I do things like quizzes or like pub quiz or something, if anybody mentions anything that happened prior to two thousand and three, forget about it. Like, I don't always have like the the cultural knowledge. Like, it's really right, strange. True. I don't. Have, I have got like, such a like a, a gap and a whole. I mean, I know obviously you know um, Spice Girls and that kind of stuff, but like sometimes it's like. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I get Do you know I what really my introduction my introduction to British music was? And this was when I was actually still back at home at the tender age of six. I remember my mum came home with a cassette tape of Steps performing live at the O2 Arena. Still to this day, I promise you, I know every single word to every single step song. Oh. Priest. I don't want to say that out in public. Cassette. Steps, you know. Steps, nah. Steps is still lit. Your mom, your mom will show you that because she was like, "This is how <laughs> Is that the one with H? Yes, with H and Steph and the rest of them. Uh, they I'm had a reunion a couple years ago, which I'm, I'm not gonna here, like. Yeah. I missed the tickets and I was heartbroken, but no, they're back. They're 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 off to doing their own thing again. A few of them. H, like a pop really now, and he's a chain smoker or who like, H. Aye, or is he still it wearing them like troubled. sleeveless tops with the gelled up hair? Uh, I used to think they were so sexy. Yeah. That was wild, man. Steps. With like those like weird flared trousers with mad buttons coming off the side of them. Yeah. S Club 7. I used to feel S Club because he didn't do any of that. That was Bradley. 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 Yeah. S Club 7. S Club yeah, 7 was much better, much better. And then Bradley got a. Uh, I think he got thrown in the can for trying to smuggle weed into Dubai. Who, Bradley? Uh, he was trying to, he was going on holiday oh and gosh. he had some, for whatever reason, he had some marijuana in on his person. Mm-hmm. And instead of just acquiring it wherever he's going, he decided, no, I want to take this exact uh, stuff. No. <laughs> and it was just like that whole clean image, you know, from S Club. And then it was like, oh, all right. You're a kid yeah. superstar, and now here you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't even tell you what a what headline I've just seen from the mirror about S Club, but anyway. What? Things move on. Things how are, how move are on. Are they still popping, or did you Google they're S Club? They're not. They're not. Oh, I right, literally yeah. Google S Club now. and I'm, it's, it's I remember. Is it bad or good, the headline? It's not going well. I say something about them being penniless broke. Basically, and I'm I mean, like, what do honest, you expect? That was pre social media. Like, some of the music deals that they got, those pop groups got back in the day were treacherous. Yes, like mm-hmm. they would, they'll do like a worldwide tour and mm. uh, and bring home less than 10k pretty much because basically, like, very, nobody very had the internet to like go and figure out what other people are getting paid or like what the demand is and all that. So, you only had to like rely on what you could physically get your hands on, just getting like, lied to, like, the, yeah. One of the biggest success stories of, of coming off of a of a of a pop group was um, various members of uh, Spice Girls. All like, right, yeah, they went or on they made to it. do other things, not mm-hmm. not necessarily in music, but they went on to do other ventures. 
But I can't think of another pop group where the members are actually doing anything constructive. <clears throat> I mean, so Alicia I mean, Dixon managed to make something. Alicia's doing oh, some okay, good yeah, yeah, sugar, yeah. babes. Come but on. Alicia Dixon doing some good things. Alicia Keisha. dipped for years. I like Alicia dipped for a good couple of years and then came back doing The Boy Does Nothing. Because she done been doing nothing until she done that. No, she did like Strictly and she was great at it. Which I'm like, I feel it's like they should that. cancel out celebrities that have like a background she in also dancing done X Factor. Yeah. Because like, she's on Judge or something now. Not Strictly, X- but before that. It was X Strictly. Factor or something like that. No. Mm-hmm. Was it not the X Factor of Britain's Got Talent as well? Nah, maybe. I maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. But I know she was using her like dance skills and I was like, is it fair? Because she's actually a really good dancer, especially if you're like a pop star. They teach you how to dance, maybe. That's maybe true. they don't. I always but, feel um, like everyone that's not black that goes on that is so disadvantaged in comparison to everybody that's black. <laughs> Every single time I see a black person on Strictly, I'm like, so you obviously know what's going to happen. So you're going to come yeah, second. <laughs> you're going to come second. No, that is the truth, though, Susie. They that's do come the second. That's the best prize. You're going to come I, second. I'd unless. Be I'd be interested to pull up the stats on that like, to see if black people actually are successful, more successful. I think they have a harder time. Black. But I'm seeing certain, like, I don't watch these programs, but I see clips and I see memes. And some people out there just acting the damn fool. And I'm like, <laughs> it looks so effortless for some people. But Honestly. Then other people, they just look like Bambi on ice. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, why would you? Is the bag that they're offering you that big? Yeah. For them to, for you to go on live TV To be and, fair, right? I used to question why anybody would ever go on Strictly or I'm a celebrity, but here I am in my almost about to enter my 30s. And actually, going on a dance show sounds like fun. Um, Going on freaking, going to like a camp. I'd go on, I'm a celeb. Experience. Like, I happily like, eat a kangaroo's bowl. Just I, for the sake of it. You don't even... I would. I would just ask for salt and pepper. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Tabasco. After, after eating things like... What is it? Like, um... After eating, like, rice and beans. Like, it's basically like a steak tartare. Like, are you serious? We all pay for, like, steak tartare or something like that. Like, why, why would I have an issue with eating something raw? Like, you said it's safe, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, people's stomach ain't built like that. We need uh, some. You know, talking about reality TV, I'm starting to deep the fact that that is true. You have to disassociate. I'm thinking about reality TV, right? And talking about black people. I heard Sims actually briefly mention Makozi, and that's just been reeling off my head ever since I heard her name. Because I'm sorry, but Makozi actually gave black black people a bad name. Hey. She or was it the sun and all those newspapers? <sighs> or was it them? Because I think it so, was them. I think she was just doing what any one of them would have been no, done. No, no, it was it wasn't the reports from the media. I watched that year and I remember watching it with my mum and my mum went, see, this is how you're gonna turn up if you keep moving that way. How's it my closing was used against us this to be literally in the middle of that whole like sex scene in the tub and she's like, This is how you're I'm like, mother. That's disrespectful. Oh, guys, guys, I've just very quickly Googled what she's up to. She got cancer. Oh, oh. what? <laughs> Damn. Well, shame on you for everything you just said to her. I know, oh. Shirley. You had no way to know. You're cutting out still. You can call the bit with Susie. 
Excuse me, you don't make me look like a terrible human being. No, boy, because I feel, I feel like... like... <laughs> I've got a question for you guys, right? Yes. So th- that's a very interesting point, you know, as black people, you know, in the UK, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in this part of the UK. Now, there's certain black people I've spoken to where anyone who is who looks like them comes on TV, they don't feel like their actions are in any way... They don't have feels about what the person is doing on screen, right? Mm-hmm. But for yourselves, when you've got some representation on the screen, are you super in your feels if they drop the ball and do something daft? Or are you super, on the other end of the scale, are you super proud when they do something outstanding and amazing? Or are um, you like, no, that's not me. I don't care. I've always said that I just want us to be able to be mediocre. And that sounds that true. <laughs> No, it sounds true. ridiculous when you hear it, but I, I always kind of like think like the ultimate, like we've reached it, guys. We're, we're where we need to be is if black people, like, you know, Asian people, other like, you know, marginalized people can just be mediocre. Like you have to like be amazing or like be the absolute yeah. worst. I just want people to just do the bare minimum and just be accepted for it in the same way that our white counterparts do the bare minimum and they're freaking like, you know, but. See, that's the thing. I completely agree with you, Susie, there. And I think the only reason I carry that mentality is because growing up, it was always such a situation where, like, if other black people were doing certain things, it was always coming from someone else, mainly the elders, the people, like, from, like, you know, our parents and whatnot. It'd always be a situation, like, whatever another black person is doing is a direct representation of what you're doing. And I've always been like, nah, because I'm not that person on that telly. (laughs) So now I'm like, do you know what? Nah. Like, actually, now, nah. like, how come is it that Bob gets to go on something and do something and he's funny because he done it, but because a black person went and done that, yeah. yeah, and now it's like, oh, I you shouldn't have why. done that. Ooh, I think like... I've got such a small, small understanding of why. Mm-hmm. So if we, because whenever there's a representation, uh, whenever we have representation on TV or on these big screens, it's always just one, two, maybe a few of us surrounded by white people Mm -hmm. so by sheer mass and numbers white people can be average and still be seen as the level right but us as like black people or even like asian people have to be spectacular because we are one person so when you watch these programs like for instance the year that makozi was on big brother she was the only black girl there that's true so whatever she does people are looking at oh is this what black girls are like no they're not but you wouldn't really, you're not really thinking that way because there's so many different white people. You don't really pay attention to what they're doing mm-hmm. on a yeah, business kind of thing. You know that, what I mean? So, it's like we're, we're so that when somebody is um, on TV with our skin tone, we almost look at them and, and not even just us as black people, white people look at them and be like, oh, she must be the token black because nine times out of ten, we are. Mm-hmm. The people that are on those programs are the token black. They're supposed to represent what black people stand for and what black people do, how we think, how we feel. So whatever they do is portrayed as part of black culture. But yeah. I don't. Uh, but obviously, you us four here can sit here and say that's not true. Yeah. Like. But I think when you're one person that is that looks like you in a room, like I can't tell you that, and I'm sure Sims has had this issue growing up in Scotland. I'm sure you guys have have had a similar scenario where like, let's say you're out with a group of friends, majority of them are white. You're the only black one there. Mm-hmm. If something was to happen and you react a certain way, part of you is like, if I react that way, is this going to look bad on me as a black person 
or is it going to look bad on me as a person? And a lot of the time, I'm like, I kind of don't want to be in a situation where people turn around and be like, oh, that's I think I like spoiled you a little bit. Yeah, so, your uh, line went off. Yeah, um, oh, did it? A wee Wait, bit. What did you hear up? Um, as a black person, you might feel like it's oh. on you. Yeah, so like as a black person in a group of white people, you kind of feel the need to, you, you might feel the need to be like, you know what, if I react a certain way, this is going to look bad on the culture because I know mm-hmm. how people will see it. Whereas if my white counterparts in a group of white people acted that way, they would just say, oh no, that's him because he is the only one in this group of white people that is in this group of white people, that one white guy is acting like that, but the rest of them aren't. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the 100% of the black people in that group. So whatever I say or do yeah. must be how black people are. Must be that's how 100% of black people are. And, and I, I think, think it's just a, I think it's just a numbers game. That's so right. Here's a, it's a very have, the more diversity we have within a group, or the more black people we have in an area, you start to see. It. I mean, like Sim said, when he came here, there was very few black people. So if a white person or anybody saw a black person, they'd be like, "Oh, that's a hundred percent or fifty percent of the black people." Mm-hmm. Now, so basically, whatever they do is kind of like, "Oh, okay." That must be what they do. I've seen that guy do it. I've seen that black guy do it. And I've seen that other black guy do it. Yeah. That's my so opinion. I've got a question. Um, so I guess it's kind of like the expectations and what people's perceptions and all that stuff is. So growing up, you know, either growing up or even just like your current, like, you know, navigating the world of being a black man in scotland like what is it like like when we talk about dating i mean you don't have to go into like specific examples but like you know how like most of us are you know finding our partners on like online dating or like whatever it is is going on like how do you guys find that in scotland like how has it do you think there's like a difference or i don't know if you go like manchester if you go london like have you felt like a a vibe difference in that um I mean, I've never really been somebody that goes out and looks for girls. Um, wow. Even wow. as a... You know what it is? And it sounds very, very, like, weird because I'm a DJ. I spend most of my, like, I, I, back in the day, I would obviously spend a lot of my time in Ladies, place. take a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, do you know what it is? It's, it's basically because I've never really trusted that method of finding somebody that you actually like. Or well, online mm-hmm. dating. Oh no, online dating or even going you know when guys back in the day were, oh I'm going on a pool or whatever. I don't know if you Oh right, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never understood that. Okay. I never never understood that. Because I'm like, if your intention for leaving your house is to go and harass someone's <laughs> daughter, please stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, to the it's true. Nine out of ten men right. will leave the house to go that harass the woman. No, that is very, very right. true. Stay at home. But then also equally, this is why I have an in, in, ingrained like disdain for online dating. Because what? you can now just pick up your phone and harass somebody's door. <laughs> you don't have to get ready and leave your house. So you don't sit in your crib, but sing, blocking is easier look, than a restraining order. Huh? Blocking is easier than a restraining order. Yeah, but you can make <laughs> profiles, no? The what? You can make multiple profiles. And this is the thing. Simon Leviev. Guys, and, and like when I say when I say online dating, I'm not just restri- um, restricting it to like Tinder and Bumble. And that. I'm talking about Plenty Instagram, DMs, Twitter, Facebook. I'm talking about anything that involves being on the internet because mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. used Twitter or any dating app. Mm-hmm. Why? Again, why? I mean, I think Shelly and I have done this. I had this combo before, but I'm like, 
who's using Instagram as a dating service? Sliding into DMs is such a Listen, the, the amount of a dating service. Uh, the amount of hey with like three Y's and an X but this is what that I, mean. I received. This is what I mean. <laughs> like these are the same guys that guys that enter DMs like that are the same ones harassing girls on Tinder. Are the same I ones fully going on think so out. as well. Huh? I think so as well. Like because yeah. the vibes that are like, all right. But you see when you're like you see if you like I've never just hit up a stranger. Okay. Even in real life, if I've ever been out in a club or, or in a in a public space and I've seen a girl that I fancy or whatever, because let's be honest, no one wants to get to know somebody that they're not attracted to. If you don't know that person, <laughs> well, if they're friendly, like no, but like, that's oh, what I mean. If friends. you don't know that person from nobody, you've never spoken to them before in your life. What would possess you to go anywhere near them? There you go. I mean, we're girls, so I mean, for me, it would possess me if she's got like a really nice outfit and I really want to know. <laughs> If I know, if I'm yeah, like, oh, that I actually would be nice. my size. Like, we're not, we don't, yeah. do you know what I mean? We're not interested in your oh, outfit. It might look good on you, but it means no, it makes no difference to us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so okay. if you're looking for, obviously I don't speak for like uh, the LGBT community because, you know, I'm talking about like as a straight male or as a straight female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I see a girl wearing doesn't really mean anything to me. Because mm. I'm like, that's your mm. outfit. I'm not gonna go up to you and start talking. Oh, like I love your. Dress. I I'm not like gonna lie, dress. men are mad inventive these days. That done been happening for a long time. Well, this is it. But then I wouldn't do that because I'm like, is it? Is she gonna believe me if I say I like her dress? That might be something you bring up later on, like after you've spoken to her and be like, do you know what? I wanted to say this earlier, but you are very well presented, or I like that dress, or I like the color. Please don't, don't tell a woman she's very well presented, I beg you. No, I would rather. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I would actually rather well presented than half the shit you hear sometimes because you... You look nice. Exactly. If you approach somebody, anybody, and say, do you know what? I really like that outfit. Or Sims, I like that hoodie. That yellow colour is kind of popping still. I never thought a yellow on a, in a, a, a yellow hoodie could look boom. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it looks good on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is not creepy. That's not weird. If I come mm-hmm. and say, I like your hoodie, okay? And now what? Thanks. No, that's a great place. That's a great place to start. I love that. That's good. I like that. See, for me, oh, I've got a boyfriend anyway, so that's hilarious that I'm actually even saying this shit. Um, no, but I think it's really nice that when people like come out and they like compliment the thing, so that's a conversation starter. That when people just say, "Oh, you look nice," I'm like, I know because I did my. Well, we think I left the house looking. Like I, I <laughs> at least three hours I know. Of effort to look nice. So you telling me I look nice? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's about you know. But anyway, mm. sorry. Just to get back to it. Um, how have you guys found you know, the dating scene in um Scotland, Edinburgh, or just anything really? So why a lot of us find it hard to date outside of our own race? Oh, yeah. that's that's a long day. One thing as a black man, you were here. What I used to hear a lot back day is the size of our penis. Yeah. Um. That's, and that's, that's the classic one, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of the time, that's where it starts or that's where it finishes. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it true what they say? Well, I've not seen... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I literally... I've not surveyed. One girl, <laughs> We're not surveyed. One woman... <laughs> one, woman <laughs> one woman literally came up to me and said, is it true what they say about black men? I said, what is that exactly? I was feeling, <laughs> I was feeling sassy this day. And yeah. I said, what is that exactly? <laughs> I wanted her to say it. Is that, oh, they all have big dicks. And I said, hmm. 
you've probably seen more dicks in your life than I have, love. So you dang, don't... you know what I mean. But it, basically, that's true, no? No, that's true. That yeah, true. because and if you're a bit audacity, man, how many penises are you seeing? Because huh? I mean, just think about it. None of us would ever go up to any other person or any other like race and just be like, "So is it true?" But the thing is, the fetishizing and the sexualization of black men mm-hmm. is something that's been ingrained in a lot of people for years, like centuries, even like from slavery days. Like it's it's not new. It's not a new thing. But you know, it still kind of lives on in some people's ideas, whether it's a brief you know, thought in a head or it's, or it's the deciding factor between whether or not you will actually, you know, want to meet up with somebody. Um, but Do you yeah, ever like, worry I, about I, that? I'm like when you're girl. meeting people or, I mean, you say that you obviously don't like go online dating and stuff, but yeah. like, I mean, that's also a question for Sims as well. So do you ever feel like in the back of your head that, you know, if you meet somebody, if it is, you know, someone that's not black, like why are you, what's, like, is there, like, an ulterior motive, or are you, like, completely clear of that? I think for me, one thing that I'll... And this is kind of retrospectively speaking, because, I mean, I'm in a... I'm in a relationship... I've been in a relationship for as long as I can remember, but when I was out in the streets, all I could say was, the streets is cold. And not only are you faced with the usual coldness of the streets being the streets, but you're also faced with the added layer of, do you know what? This person, I've met them, they're of a different race, but I can see that their intentions are pure, they're mm. genuine. Mm. But then, am I going to be walking into a house where I don't get a warm reception Eagle. because mm. family members are giving me side eye mm-hmm. and then I have to slap up someone's dad? <laughs> and then it's not awkward. <laughs> you know I mean? The first time I'm meeting your dad, I'm having to slap him. It's not nice, but it's, it's true. It's true. It's not nice. Cool. And then What's what? True? Then you're you're stood there in the family in Do the front room. You guys ever get invited round to <laughs> someone's house, like um, like that kind of stuff? Like, did you ever get like, did you ever go round to someone's house for tea or dinner? <laughs> tea. And this the vibe was just wrong. Off. <laughs> I'm lucky enough to never have been in that situation. I've seen certain family dynamics that I'm like, ooh, this is a bit of a red flag, but it doesn't pertain to race or anything of that nature. Oh, okay. Okay. It's just, like, yeah, now there's some issues you need to deal with over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I, I think my last experience, similar to what Sims is describing, was uh, one girl that I used to see, she used to live in a part of Scotland that was like stepping back into what I can imagine <laughs> 1924 would look like. I've got a few towns as candidates for that, but okay. Like a village <laughs> mm-hmm. where everyone is, like the average age was something ridiculous, like 62. That sounds like muscle. And there's one shop and everywhere's just fields and like the neighbours, like they're using log fire. No one's got central heat in the Wi-Fi. Like where my partner is from. Huh? <laughs> this is what I mean. Probably. So now, I would go there and I wouldn't feel comfortable for some weird reason. I never experienced this before that, right? Uh-huh. And I always used to feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I used to, I just used to, when I was there, I just chalked it down to being like, oh, I'm a city boy, innit? I was born and raised in a city. When there's too quiet, I get, mm, I get shifty. I'm like, why is there no noise? Why is, is this it because it felt like get out? Yeah, <laughs> you watch films like Get Out, and you're like, "Yeah, we ain't supposed to be up in here." Like, I've seen this film, Black Person Dies First, every time, right? All the time, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, and I was just like, I, 
you know, with me, when I have issues like that or when I have things in my mind, I always tend to end up making a, you know, making it funny or putting a comical spin on it and just laughing it off. Right? <laughs> but like at the same time, I'm like, why do I feel this way? It was only one day, right, where the neighbor, um, when I went to visit her, she lived with her parents or her mum. And the neighbor, I wasn't there, but the neighbor had referred to me as that colored boy that keeps coming around here. And that's when I was like, what? And I, and, I, and I was like, okay, because of your age and generation, I have to let that slide. Because maybe that was acceptable in your day. Mm. And looking around, there's not much, much stimulus for development. So you haven't evolved your, your, your vocabulary. So I can let it slide, but just know I don't like it, innit? But, you know, for me to correct this old woman ain't going to make a difference in anybody's life. She's not going to change her ways and start becoming a you know BLM advocate overnight. I like to make people's days worse, actually. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm going to try and get high blood pressure because of people. Because the thing is, like, what am I going to say to her that's going to change her life? It's probably That's just gonna. True. Be She's probably more. gonna just cement it in her head and be like, exactly. "It's right. already cemented." Yeah. Like, it's, and then I realized going to these places because there's such a, if there's no diversity whatsoever, so you just think to yourself like, if they were racist when they moved here, they're probably still racist. Yep. If they were like, uh, if they had certain vocabulary that they use that has you know over time become you know xed out from from comments and you can't say it and it's not PC anymore, it's just not nice, they're still going to speak like that. Yeah. So this is why, and I don't know why I felt this way before this happened, but I, in my mind, I must have thought, right, this place is going to treat me bad because, you know, this just looks like somewhere that hasn't accepted black people because black people don't live it. Yeah. There, you know what I mean? There's no black people, there's very few Asians and, you know, they don't really involve themselves in the community. So mm-hmm. I just felt like a loner when I went there, even though I was there to visit somebody. And in her house, I was welcomed. But I just felt walking down the street was just eyes on me. Like, yeah. even to the point where I went to the local Tesco, I'm having children stare at me. I'm having old people stare at me. I just say, what are you doing? Tesco, you know. People come all over the place to go to Tesco. It's a 24-hour one as well. Oh. Like, it's a big one. They've definitely never seen. I want to ask you what town that is, but I'll ask you after we finish recording because I <laughs> have an idea what town it is. No, but also, I'm Muscle like Bar is still deep like that, though. Like, yeah. still to this day, in the same time that I've lived in for 17 years, I will mm-hmm. still have the same look. Like, y'all, you have, you have seen me grow up. That same little <laughs> color child you're referring to, you have seen that color child grow up. You literally know me. I think it's weird. I, I I genuinely think it's weird, and mm-hmm. uh, I understand, you know, when something comes into your into your environment that isn't common. Yeah, like, it's not. But still, your seventeen fault, years. My fault you know, that some black people. people it's your fault, but at the same time, like, there's an etiquette involved. That's very true. So, like, yeah. everybody in this town still um, uses the term "black" to describe disgusting things, and I remember having to have a very serious conversation oh, with yeah. one of my um, neighbors. And I was like, yo, like, let's let let me not ever hear you say that because, bro, that's peak. So but I think you get, you get why they think it's acceptable because yeah. up until you correcting them, no one's ever said that. Because and that's the thing that they were trying to justify. And I was like, get me, hear me out. I get that. I understand that. No one has ever corrected your vocabulary if something dirty is black. And I was like, no, it isn't. It isn't. Mm-hmm. Because if you spill a cup of tea on your shirt, 
and it gets dirty. That's not black, but you still call it black. So why is it black? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, no, because in the times, black people were referred to as dirty. She's like, no, I don't think that's what I was like. Listen, <laughs> I'm educating you here. Just don't use that term. Yeah, but another one that I term. found out that they use a lot in business, and that's like you know, whitelist and blacklist. Yeah, speaks mm-hmm. for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. To whitelist something is like good, and to blacklist, and that's mm-hmm. it. All right. Okay. Um, anyway, um, I was gonna say, um, just to round it off, um, the episode and stuff. Do you guys have any? We got what your um black Scott is, or even um. Your black you know, anything you want us to give yeah. you guys a shout out on what is personal or it's like about your podcast or just anything. Yeah, plug that reason the season and make sure you check that out every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday and Friday. You guys have energy. God. So basically, <laughs> That's true. Nah, basically we do like a, a music one. We do the obviously just the regular podcast where we just talk nonsense and banner. Mm-hmm. Um, we touch on like social economic topics. Um and, you know, serious things within our community and maybe globally. We talk about, you know, just topical stuff, topical yeah. things that's happening in, you know, in the world. Um, and that comes out on a Tuesday. On a Friday, though, we have a music one. So it's called The Five for Five. We pick an artist and Sims and I will do what is typically referred to as a sound clash. He'll play five. So I'll play it. We'll do five rounds. He'll mm-hmm. play one song. I'll play another song. And it just goes back to back like that. And your Black Scott of the Week? If I'm going to pick one person, uh, yeah. a particular person, um, Sean Focus. I'm going to pick Sean Focus. He's a, a, a Afrocentric rapper or artist, shall I say. Um, he now lives in Edinburgh. He's from uh, Zimbabwe. And, yeah, he's... Uh, He's he's been doing bits for a while now, like he's 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 appeared on Amazon Plus Four Four, he's um been on BBC One Extra a bunch of times, he's uh you know worked with a lot of uh, artists up and down the UK and from uh, his home his home country, like he does a lot and he's still pushing it out. Um, he's got his own clothing brand, Invaizi. So yeah, check him out, Sean Focus and Invaizi. Fantastic and Sims. Um, I'm going to be real boring <laughs> and second Sean Focus. <laughs> like it's a voting system. I mean, a double it's, vote of confidence is like, it's a good signal. It's a, it's good, a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign. Sean's doing bits, man. Like so much different. Uh, he's got a record label as well. On that, he's got a girl group on there and some other artists. So mm. definitely he's flying the flag and yeah, he's, he's Edinburgh-based. So big up, big up Sean Focus. That's we love it. We love to hear it. Happen. Okay. Um. Great. So, um. I think that's us at the end of this wonderful episode with our first sort of male podcasting guests and just other podcasters in Scotland. So, people, there's like a huge ass community out there. So, definitely give um reasoning and teasing a listen. And yeah. as always, please, you know, call. I always want to say like, comment, subscribe. It's not YouTube. <laughs> It's not YouTube. So, so. Give what's us the a one? rating on Spotify, yeah. Acast, or anywhere else, really, and um, follow our socials on at Shirley and un- hey underscore Shirley McPherson underscore on Instagram and at Thickness Prime on Twitter. And Susie, 
Susie Monza at Instagram and Twitter. And uh, guys, what are, what are your um, social media social handles? Uh, mine is DJ Ellington on everything. So Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, what else do I use? That's really all I use. If you try and hit, I have a TikTok, but I don't use it. Yeah, just send him memes. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to send me something on Instagram to get my attention, just send me a meme. Just send me really funny. And yourself, Sims? Uh, yeah, Instagram at kingsims.mov, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as at Brian Pumper. This brother. You're gonna have to explain that one. I'm really sorry. Don't let that. him explain it. Your whole thing will get collapsed. <laughs> Don't let him explain that. See the one you, you rubbed your face and said, "This brother, I was. I want to hear this." I'm not sure you want to post it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep Brian Pumper a secret, like you know, the, the origin story. They'll have to they'll have to tune into Reason and Season to figure out what the hell. but thank you very much you have been a fantastic guest um, for this episode and we hope to see you soon thank you very much